Welcome to the Seated Not Defeated podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of daily life as a wheelchair user. Let your disability become your possibility. And now here's your resident wheeler, Mark Fugelvan. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me today for the SND Seated Not Defeated podcast. My name is Mark, and this is our third episode where I'm going to be talking to you about returning home after being in rehab. So if you listen to my second episode, I talked about kind of the daily life that I experienced while being in rehabilitation, which was at Daniel Freeman Memorial Hospital in their spinal cord injury unit. I was fortunate enough to be there for about two and a half months and get to do a lot. Um, You know, learning all of these daily tasks, or at least understanding the process of how I might be able to relearn them you know, whether it was using the muscles that I still had or compensating for certain tasks uh, with the muscles I had um, to do those things, at least I had kind of a framework, a little bit of a map that I could take home with me and continue to practice it until I mastered it. Now, I was scared. Uh, You know, after being there for two and a half months, I had really established a lot of strong relationships with the nursing staff, the, the therapists, the doctors, even the people that would bring me my food from the cafeteria, like I knew everybody by name. Um, it, it just became like a family. And so having access to all those resources at your fingertips, um, you know, you get comfortable with that. It's, it was a routine that I liked. So when I had to leave, I, I was a little bit sad because I knew I wasn't going to have access to all of this at home. And just the fact of going home, you know, going back to this place that I was so comfortable with when I was able-bodied. But now I'm going home and I'm going to be in a wheelchair and it's going to be so different. You know, how am I going to feel? So I guess one of the, one of the advantages that I had, though, was when I was still in high school, uh, I want to say like January of 1995, my mom, my sister, and I moved in with my mom's boyfriend, Ron. Uh, he lived in Culver City. He had a nice little house and uh, we had lived in an apartment in San Fernando Valley. So this was, this was great. Um, I was able to have my own bedroom, my own bathroom while I shared it with my sister, Uh, but it, but it was great thinking back in hindsight, this worked out really well, (laughs) given that, you know, when I got injured, Ron was really all in Ron knew that I was going to need additional care. I was going to need some adaptive equipment to be able to function in the home and get better. And so he was willing to hire a contractor and to, you know, take the necessary steps to make it comfortable for me, which was, which was great. You know, not a lot of people are able to say that they have that. So I, I was able to have a roll-in shower, you know, access to a toilet, get underneath a sink, um, equipment, a, a nice bed that had this high-tech bed that would inflate and roll me from side to side so that I wouldn't get pressure sores. We had a telephone set up that had a push button where I could call the operator, I, things like that to make it comfortable for me which was great. And my mom, Ron, they really, they stepped up and had that already uh, when I was coming home because they, you know, they, they took the necessary steps and you know, did the research, talked to people and put out the cash to do it. So I was very lucky in that regard. Um, I've talked to other people that have not had those kind of stories, you know, whether they just didn't have family and they had to go to a nursing home or they just, their family couldn't afford it. And so they're getting, you know, to this day, if they want to use their bathroom at home, they might need to 
to get on a, you know, like a different chair and have them push them in there or pick them up, those kind of things. Um, bathing might not be an option. They might have to do it just with, a, you know, a rag and soap and a bucket of water. Uh, so it's, I, I was very fortunate in that regard. So the day that I was discharged, again, I've got my manual wheelchair that I'm starting to get used to. I've got this power chair and we're heading out, right? So we're going to go they were going to take me to lunch and say goodbye. So a lot of the therapists and nurses were able to come and send me on my way. And, and we went to this place, El Torito. It's a little Mexican restaurant, um, which was in the marina. And it was fun. You know, we, uh, I took the bus, uh, not, not bus, one of their big giant transport buses that's got the lift in the back. That was what we would use to go to different events. I remember going to, I think it was a, a Kings game. Uh, we went out to a couple of dinners. We went to a park. So I would ride in that bus. That was how I would get around and do stuff. Uh, but thinking about transportation back then, there wasn't a whole lot out there. I mean, even public transportation didn't have a lot of adaptive vehicles, so to speak. And this was a new reality because if I was going to get around, uh, it was really going to have to be transferring in and out of a car. And that involved... You know, uh, at the time, a sliding board, having somebody help me in and out, taking the chair apart. Now, that that may not seem like a big deal to some. You know, I, I know that there's other people that were, in, you know, when they got injured, they had to be in a power chair. And so it was a lot more demanding. Uh, transportation was probably more difficult for them. But for my situation, this, this was, you know, it seemed like a lot. Um, so I was a little bit concerned about that. And then just getting back into my home, you know, how was I going to feel? about going back into this environment, the changes that may have occurred. So we went to lunch. It was a lot of fun. We took some pictures, shared some stories, and then I was on my way. My family helped me get in the car, and the restaurant was only like a couple miles from the house. So we headed back home, and pulling the driveway, I get out in my chair, and the first thing I notice is that there's a ramp going up to the house. Now, this was a house where I would pull up in my Toyota Corolla, I would get out and practically just run through the front door, the side door, and go to my room. But now there's this ramp there, and it was just, you know, I had to process it a little bit, right? I had to sit there and go, wow, okay, well, this is how I'm going to get in now. Okay, well, that's fine. Uh, but, you know, going up it and, you know, having, I think it was Ron help me up the ramp, it was just, it was a little bit weird. I'll have to be honest with that. So I got in the house, and... Just kind of looked around, and things kind of looked the same for the most part. Not a big house, but, you know, a lot of the things, um, the living room looked similar and the the kitchen. But it was when I got to my room that really things set in because the room kind of smelled like me. Uh, you know, there were my clothes were hanging up in the closet, um, you know, my stereo. I had my fish tank. And then I'm looking around, and I see this bathroom that's, you know, the wall's been knocked out, and it's got this really cool rolling shower, and like a commode chair where I could, you know, it could roll it over the toilet if I needed to use it, or I could take a shower from it, and then this bed, um, well, in the sink too, sorry, I don't want to leave that out, but I could roll underneath the sink, that was really cool, uh, and then this, you know, this bed, which looked like a hospital bed, um, but it had this cool inflatable mattress on it, and then I saw these boots, which uh, I did wear those in ICU, I believe, um, no, actually, I, I did wear them in rehab, they were these boots that they strapped on you that uh, would flow air through, and it was for circulation. Um, you know, because if you're in bed for an extended period of time, you don't want to get blood clots, etc. And I, you know, I was sent home with with these things called tet hose, which are like compression socks. 
but they go up like your mid thigh. They're white. They were, you know, super sexy, hard to put on, but it felt like home, but it, it felt like the hospital kind of still. So I was, I was really processing all of this. Um, I was sad. I'll have to say that. I mean, I, I tried to hide it. I, I kind of wanted to scream a little bit. Uh, this was, it was a lot to take in to just sit there and see all this. And it's interesting. I've, I've watched other shows where they had people coming home and, you know, they've been injured and they, uh, you know, they see the, the room that's been renovated and modified and you just, you can feel like you see the look on their face and they're, they're happy, but they're sad. And that was the way that I felt. Um, just knowing that my life was forever changed and this was the new, this was the new me and I had to get used to it. But at the same time, just very fortunate to have family and friends that supported me. I had all of this great equipment, a beautiful bathroom. You know, I had everything that I needed to succeed. I just had to have the mindset. I had to put in the work. Uh, and that's what I wanted to do. I don't know. I, I, I was upset. I was still a little bit in denial. But I just, I didn't have time to think about that stuff. I knew it was going to pop up from time to time and I was going to have to deal with it. But right now, I just, I wanted to get comfortable and just start from square one. You know, how am I going to get stronger? How am I going to get better? So those first, uh, I want to say those first couple weeks were tough. You know, I was really just trying to get comfortable with the bed and moving around in it, you know, just sitting it up. You know, maybe I would eat some meals from there, uh, trying to kind of shift my body, get to the edge of the bed to transfer with help. Uh, and part of this process was also having a personal care attendant. So one of the gentlemen, his name was Ron Rooney, uh, he helped take care of me at Daniel Freeman. He was a CNA. He'd come around and take my blood pressure and, and vitals and things like that and help me out with whatever else I needed. Uh, really good dude. He would come over every morning and help me with uh, my, my bathing. He'd help me with my bowel program, which I'll go into later, but essentially that's, he was helping me poop. Um, and then also with my, my catheter. So I wore what was called an external condom catheter, which basically it's like a condom with a, a, hole, a hole in the end and it's attached to a hose and it just goes into a bag. So essentially I was peeing freely on my own um, but I just didn't have control over it. So I would pee into this, this uh, night bag is what it was called. He would empty that in the morning and then I would switch to like a leg bag version. Uh, and this was after showering, after doing the, the bowel care. And yeah, so I mean this process could take like two hours every morning. And it was, you know, it was tiring but also like mentally the thought of having someone take care of me this much, it was very frustrating to me. And I... I think about this a lot. I think about my one friend, um, Nick Enriquez. He's, uh, he's a, I believe, is a C4, power chair guy, can't really move his arms. Um, he has full-time care. And he's just one of the strongest dudes I know, and I get a lot of strength from him because when I'm having a bad day and I'm thinking, oh, you know, I can't do this thing or do that, I think about how would I be able to feel if I had to have someone help me pee or help me shower, or help feed me, or whatever. And this dude does it every day with a smile. Well, I mean, when I see him, he's smiling, but it gave me such strength. And I just said, you know, stop being a little bitch. You're fine. Now, I didn't meet Nick until later, which I'll get into in another episode, but um, at the time, this was my reality, right? 
what I was dealing with was what I knew. I didn't know if, you know, all I could think about were the people that had more mobility than me, right? I didn't really think about the ones that had less. It was just, I was just upset. I was pissed off at the world. You know, woe is me kind of thing. Uh, so it was, it was tough. I had good days and I had bad days. So Ron Rooney, when he, when he came to take care of me, it was pretty cool. You know, during those two hours, I mean, I'm not going to say it was all bad. Like, he, ex he exposed me to, you know, a lot of classic R&B, some really good classic movies like Sands of the Kalahari, things like that. You know, we watched Chuck Norris and Charles Bronson and L Lee Marvin movies, all kinds of stuff. So it was good. Like, he exposed me to a lot. And, you know, we shared a lot of funny moments. And he made it, he, he made it really comfortable, and that's what I needed. I needed to kind of have that light aspect of it. You know, it's, it's like, okay... We, I have to do all this stuff, but I don't have to sit there and just think about it and sulk all the time, right? I mean, this is just my new routine. It is what it is. Yeah, fine, not everybody's doing what I'm doing, but this is what I'm doing to, so that I can get on with my day. And that, that's kind of what, what happened. But, you know, as I started to get a little bit stronger, I realized that one of my biggest goals was that I wanted to do this all on my own. As much as I loved Ron Rooney and all the help that he gave and the friendship that we shared... I really just wanted to be able to do this independently. I wanted to get up out of bed. I wanted to get dressed. Well, I wanted to shower. I wanted to get dressed, do the bow program, get in my chair, do all of these things. And I, I knew that I might be able to do some of them, maybe not all, but I was going to try to do whatever I could. And so I really worked towards those goals. And I can't remember exactly when it was, but I want to say sometime in 1996, uh, that's when I started to really kind of slow down using Ron. You know, maybe he was coming once or twice a week because I couldn't do the bowel program stuff or things like that. Where I kind of got a routine that worked and I still needed his help, but that was my goal. I wanted to just be more independent because I had all of these goals that I wanted to achieve, right? I, I wanted to be independent enough to go back out and go to school. I wanted to drive again, go to college at some point, get a job, you know, maybe have my own place, a girlfriend, all of these things. And it was really important to me. So I, I, I worked towards that. Now, thinking back, uh, one of the things that was just key to a lot of this was getting some gym equipment. When I was in rehab, and I think I mentioned this in the other episode, there was this piece of equipment called an upper tone. I was looking at this and using it while I was at Daniel Freeman, which was great. Mostly, I want to say, an outpatient. They had actually let me up there and let me use it after I would do my two hours of therapy. So I wanted to go up there and use it and check it out because it you know, really allowed me to get a good workout and get strong. So I was able to get one at the house. And you know, Ron and one of his friends helped set it up. We had it in the garage and I was using it and it was just so awesome because I noticed some significant benefits right away to the point where it kind of sped up my, my, my timeline of, you know, being able to do a lot of stuff. But part of, you know, in addition to that was just the fact that, you know, this was a time of expiration. You know, I was learning how my body was reacting to different things, right? I had certain voluntary movements, but I also had involuntary movements that I was trying to kind of understand why they would trigger at certain parts of the day or whether it was hot or cold or things that I ate or just positioning. Um, and then just coming up with different ideas for things that might work well, right? Like 
adaptive design using just Velcro and duct tape and different things that might make my life easier. You know, coming up with maybe a, a different type of glove that would work, that would give me more grip so that I could do a better transfer, stuff like that. That was part of the fun. And I know Ron was really, you know, he helped me a lot with that because he was a kind of a gadgety type of person. I mean, he's, I call him Mr. Velcro because he's got so much of it. Uh, but it was fun. We came up with a lot of things. Anyway, wanted to mention though, so you're going to hear me say this a lot, but 1995, let's just think about that time period. The internet, relatively new. So this whole idea of like searching the World Wide Web for products, no, just wasn't happening. When I came back home, was was very lucky to get a computer. Uh, my Both my high school and then like the sister school, they had a fundraiser, a dance that I went to when I had come home after rehab and they raised some money to buy me a computer. Now, having your own personal computer in 1995 was a really big deal. Uh, this was like a Pentium One, if you know about computer chips. Very expensive. I got a big monitor. I was able to go on there and do my thing and it was very exciting. Now, again, internet's fairly new. People were really just using it for chat rooms. Okay, There was no searching for products and there were no companies that were set up to handle those type of things or logistics or, you know, there was no Amazons to do those kind of deals. So if you wanted to buy products, you were getting like, a, you know, maybe a flyer in the mail. You might have found out about a guy who has a company who's local and he'll send you a little magazine or catalog. Maybe at a support group at the hospital, which you go to like once a month, you might talk to someone who ran into somebody who makes a product or just through a vendor, right? So vendors are the one that got me my manual wheelchair. These are people that are gonna deal directly with insurance and then the manufacturers of the products. And they hopefully will get the product covered and then have it sent to you. So they were kind of the main point of contact for stuff. But it was really hard to just see what kind of products were out there to see what might work. So I bought all kinds of crap. I mean, I, I bought different cuffs and you know, different little aids and reachers and all kinds of things that, you know, some made sense. Some were just total garbage and I don't know who thought that would work. But, you know, we, we tried a lot of things and we also made a lot of things. But that was fun. It, it was, you know, that I think that kept my mind working, kept me busy. And it just kept me uh, away from feeling down, I guess. So one of the other things I wanted to mention is, you know, while I was home, I was very fortunate to have a lot of family and friends that were coming to visit me, but mostly family. I would say that, you know, my mom had a flexible schedule, so she was able to come in the later afternoon and get takeout or we'd watch a movie or something like that. It was really cool. Um, my grandparents. My grandparents would come a couple days a week. They would bring me Subway or, you know, maybe it was Mexican food, something like that. And we would sit there and play Yahtzee and listen to oldies on the radio. Now, Yahtzee, if you don't know what that is, and I believe it's spelled Y-A-H-T-Z-E-E. -E. Look it up. It's a dice game, and it's incredible. It's so much fun. And we would sit there and play for hours, listen to music. Um, it was really good times. And I know my aunt would come as well, and we'd do the same thing. We'd play Yahtzee. She'd bring me food. It was just really cool. Uh, everybody really made an effort to come and be with me during this time while I was trying to, to rehabilitate and, and just kind of figure out what the next steps were. Uh, the other thing was that, you know, aside from, you know, I had, I had a lot of good days, but I, I also had a lot of bad days. Uh, and a lot of times this was in the evening. 
I would say that I don't know why, but when it when it got dark, uh, I just I think it reminded me of being in that hospital room at night when I was alone. Because you know people would come visit me during the day, but at nighttime it was really just the nurses on staff. So I think it reminded me of that, and I would sit there and I would listen to music and I would cry um, and just kind of really, you know, dig in deep to this whole thought of wow, I'm I'm paralyzed, and not just that, but there's a lot of my internal functions that just don't work anymore. Like I have to pee a different way. I have to poop a different way. I, my blood pressure is all messed up. My temperature is messed up. I can't feel things. I have all these phantom neurological sensations. My legs feel like they're on fire. I have pain. I have this. I, you know, all this stuff has nothing to do with walking, but just crazy things going on in my body. Um, but yeah, so I listen to a lot of music at night and just really let it all out. Uh, I would play board games with my family at night, watch movies, which is really cool. It just kind of helped me uh, with this whole process of kind of tapping into like, how do I, how do I deal with this? Um, so it was, it was good and bad, I'd say, that time. But it really, I don't know, I, I look back at it and it, I think it was, you know, listening to the music and just crying, whether it was happy music, sad music, uh, I, th I feel like it had a therapeutic effect on me that it just allowed me to to just feel sad. You know, I, I, I was allowed to do that. Uh, and I had a lot of fun just being there at the house, interacting with my with uh, with Ron and my mom. And it was a good time. Uh, I mean, there were, there were bad times, obviously, but I'm just saying, like, we made the most of it. And I, I, I tried as well. So as this is all going on, I'm getting stronger. Ron Rooney's only coming, you know, a couple times a week. I'm now being able to, you know, put my clothes on, empty my my catheter bag, maybe change the catheter, uh, transfer with with some help. Uh, but you know, because I, I wouldn't really need to get out of my chair, so to speak. But if I wanted to, I could pretty much do it with some help. You know, I could get access to food. I could turn on the TV. I could get on the porch. So it was it was good. Like I was able. You know, I didn't have to have somebody monitoring me, like, all the time. It was more like, you know, they could be gone for, like, an hour. And then maybe they could be gone for a couple hours. And so I, I started to gain more independence and also delegate independence. You know, I, even if I didn't, if I couldn't do everything on my own, I could tell somebody what I wanted to, to help me with my, my daily task, right? I mean... I always tried to do as much as I could on my own. But if I couldn't, and you know, it, it was holding me back from getting to getting someplace or doing something, I would just say, hey, can you help me do this real quick? Boom, you know, and just move on. Because I think that was really a big deal for me, and it was going to continue to be a big deal when I started to go out into the world, was to be able to ask for help. You know, I still think today I struggle with that, you know, because I, I want to try and do everything on my own. And so I, I always prepare, you know, like if I'm going to the checkout, even today, I'll make sure that my credit card's not stuck in one of those tight pockets. I'll have it out of the bag, uh, kind of sitting there ready to go. So that way I can slide in the card reader and not have to fumble around in my bag, which I sometimes do. Um, just because I don't want people to go, oh my God, why is he taking so long? Sounds silly, but these are the things going on in my head as I'm trying to do this, uh, which I still today, you know, like I, I still struggle with that. But yeah, so it was... It was probably about a year uh, when I, I got to a place where I felt I could get myself up, I could get dressed, I could get in my chair, 
and I could get out and about. So during this time, I was going to some outpatient rehab. Now, inpatient while I was there, I was getting an hour of physical therapy and an hour of occupational therapy. The same kind of thing was true uh, for outpatient, but it was really just, uh, it was just painful because you'd have to arrange for a ride. Again, transportation was difficult. This was during the week. My parents are at work. So I would be essentially reserving a ride uh, to get picked up in one of these, you know, full size, look like an ambulance, so to speak. Uh, you know, get a ride to Daniel Freeman. They might have to pick somebody else up along the way. Uh, they might be late. You know, so you're doing this back and forth, doing your hour of rehab for both physical therapy and occupational, coming back, and it just takes your whole day. And then you realize that a lot of the stuff that they're teaching you or doing, you could probably do it at home. I mean, stretching is a big deal, and they did that in physical therapy at times, but not always. Uh, but a lot of the other things, like especially the occupational, I could definitely do that at home. And that was stuff that I was doing already. You know, I was trying to learn how can I do these things, the daily tasks that I started to learn inpatient and I wanted to do at home. So that way, you know, I could go out to a restaurant and eat with a fork whether it's with a little adaptive device on my hand or if I just figure out how to put the fork in between my fingers. Getting back out into society, doing the things that I used to do, and whether I'm using an adaptive product or not, that's fine, but just trying to figure that all out, right? So that's what I did. I did the outpatient for a little while, but really it was about busting my ass at home, going out into that gym as much as I could, doing the th same things that I was doing every morning, every night, trying to get myself in and out of bed, dress, brushing my teeth, making my meals, getting water, and then just being social, right? I, I was trying to interact with family and friends as much as possible. I didn't want to be this hermit and just hang out in my room, but there were nights when I needed to do that. And again, my, my mom and, and Ron especially, you know, this is his home. He gave me a lot of leeway to just, to just let that happen. You know, I, I was able to bring friends over at late hour during the middle of the week because he knew that I just needed to, I needed to find myself again, you know? And that was really cool. So that whole process of coming home was not as bad as I anticipated when I was leaving Daniel Freeman. Uh, I thought it was going to be much worse, but it turned out to be a really good experience uh, for me, like from a growth perspective. You know, I think about it often. I think about where I came from and how I've progressed and, you know, where I started and the things that I, I started doing. It was, it could have been a really bad situation, but it wasn't. It was it was very positive. You know, I learned a lot about myself, uh, you know, from a just personal standpoint, but also physically how I could do things. And I just built on that because I really wanted to get back into school. And so one of the next episodes that I want to talk about is just getting back into that transition because there's a lot of things that I had to do to prepare for that uh, because this was a really big deal. I'm not just being independent at home now. I'm actually going out into the world and trying to, you know, go to class, open doors, use a bathroom if I have to, order food on my own, like all these things where if I needed help, it was asking a family member or a friend, but now I'm having to ask a stranger. So it was going to be a big change for me. And then also the transportation. How do I get there and back? How do I manage my schedule? All of these things. Uh, so... Thank you guys for joining me today. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, you can email me at abilities at gmail.com. That's A-B-I-L-I-T-E-A-S-E -E at gmail.com. 
Uh, send me your questions or comments. Uh, hopefully, if it's something related to this episode, I can answer it. Or if you have anything you want to know about um, some additional content, hopefully I can provide that in another episode. So I look forward to putting out some more content soon. Thanks again for joining me, and please keep working hard towards your independence. Thanks, guys. Thanks.